Hello and welcome to Connected, a podcast about people, ideas, marketing, technology and everything that's good. I'm ASD, the digital man here at Mediacom. I'm Sue Yu, I'm Chief Strategy Officer at Mediacom. And joining us in the studio, we're very lucky to have Alan Rich. How are you, Alan Rich? I'm fine and you're right, you are very lucky. <laughs> very, very lucky. I've drawn away from all my painting, but nevertheless... Uh, Andrew, thank you for inviting me. Oh, thank you. And uh, over to you, young man. Well, I've, I've, with everybody, I tried to get a um, a biog just to introduce you um, before before we we go into the questions. But it's so long, your biog. So the best one I could find that that's concise is from uh, Bloomberg. So you're the co-founder of, of Davidson, Pierce, Berry, and Spottiswood. But in, importantly, in 1975, you started the first independent media planning and buying company, which you called the Media Business. That's which correct. Um, mm-hmm. eventually became w- what we are today, the building that we're sat in. Uh, you were the executive group chairman of Mediacom UK and vice chairman of Mediacom's European operations before retiring in 2003. And you currently serve as the non-executive chairman at Cello Group. And you're the non-executive chairman of... Oh, you're not the non-executive chairman of Cello as well. Uh, but most importantly, is your name above Rich's bar as well, for everyone in the building who doesn't so, know. So you've all had a drink. And I don't even them. drink, Andrew. I mean, that's the extraordinary thing. <laughs> the but it was very flattering at the time. Yeah. Um, and when you say it's a long history, remember, I'm now moving into my, well, I'm into my 74th year. So anything we are discussing is a long history. And some of the things that, uh, you know, I've observed over those years could be of some interest. And to your listeners, or whatever. Well, that, that's wonderful. So over to you again. Well, this is part of the first question. So outside of the digital transformation, what do you think the biggest change in the media landscape now is from when you started? Well, first of all, to me, all industries are just about people. And I think, Sue, you understand that, because I'm just a people person. So basically, nothing has changed Um, fundamentally because people haven't changed themselves. Technology, and you mentioned two areas of digi and data, they have changed people. And, you know, I look around and I walk the streets and I come on a tube or whatever it might be, nothing's changed, Andrew. People are just the same, but the world has changed them. However, having said that, I think that um, one of the disappointments for the as well, is that human beings now, and therefore our industry, is controlled by time. Going back over the years, I managed to control my own time because things were slower. They were, they were much easier. They were slower paced. Mm-hmm. And I think from that point of view, one of the important things for me, as I said, they're still all human beings. Mm-hmm. We haven't changed. Sue hasn't, you haven't, I haven't. But things have changed us. Mm-hmm. And you flippantly say digi and data and forget that, but they are the elements that actually have changed. Second thing I'd say um, is that the sad thing for me is that marketing directors, forgive me, marketing directors, (laughs) used to be brave. But because, again, of the world that we live in, driven by digi and data, they are to a large degree scared of losing their jobs, and they therefore... Uh, in my view, uh, are weak. And we used to have fabulous marketing directors that we, as as any company, could relate to. Um, They would be prepared to be challenged um, and go ahead with it, instead of what I see over the last few years, uh, not weaker marketing directors, but again, marketing directors that aren't really in control of what they'd love to do. And I'd love them to just... You know, let the leashes go and let them let them be as free as they used to be. 
it was challenging, and in the early days, so, um, I mean, Davis and Pierce means nothing to people, but we pioneered some extraordinary work. The chimpanzees, for example, you know, the great chimps, they're still most loved commercials of all time, but we needed a brave client to do it. Mm -hmm. And today I don't see any brave clients. Um, so from a marketing point of view, you may disagree with me and I may upset some, well, some of your listeners. We have some very brave um, but I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. And perhaps I'm, I'm wrong. I think the third thing that I'd say that's changed, which is disappointing, um, is the development of the conglomerate. Because basically, whether you like it or not, um, it has sucked in companies and with them the entrepreneurial flair. And some of that has been lost. Um, so I, although I understand the economics, mm. and of course... I understand fully the reasons why centralising of all the buying and God knows what else makes well, commercial well, you sense. Started it. I did, mm. and it's my fault, you, you partly. Yeah. You're quite right, and I accept and it's just that an responsibility. Actually, isn't it? it is. But, yeah. but you asked me what are the changes? Yeah, yeah. Sure. Clearly, I should have said number one are the media options, of course, and we've got yeah. massive numbers of media options. Mm -hmm. And um, again, when you look at it, it's fabulous that we can we can narrow cast, if you will, to get to the heart mm. of the very people. For years, Sue, and still, I guess, nobody ever knew whether we were really communicating. Mm. Um, but therefore, the number of media options has changed enormously. I have to say, I loved it when we had just a few and we could knock one off against the other um, because they, they were exciting times. Um, uh, and I actually enjoyed having 14 television contractors mm. to knock off against each other, each desperately wanting to keep their share, their area share, um, and so on. So four things, I think, as I've just said, media options have grown. I think, to me, I'm afraid, the majority, maybe only the majority, but whatever, uh, marketing directors are not as brave, they're not allowed to be so brave. I think because you mentioned data, Andrew, because there's so much of it, they have to be so careful. They have to be monitoring everything, and they're measured on, you know, that return on investment. Again, we're just as guilty, Sue. We started, didn't we, Media mm. Business Direct um, yeah. with, with David Cuffin, and that was all about trying to establish yeah. accountability with people like Peter Wood of Direct Line, mm. Book Club Associates, mm. and many others. And actually, we'll be just as responsible it's for forcing them yeah. to be better at the information mm. they gave us. Mm. Because indirect marketing, and all aspects mm. of it for all of your clients... Often you don't get the quality of stuff. But let me just focus on the changes. I'm sorry. Sure, no, no. Four points that I've made. Mm. Uh, and the, the last thing, which has been a major change, which we didn't have years ago, were the procurement offices. Mm. And I know they've been around now for a good 10 mm. or 15 years. But the reality is, remember my age, Andrew. Yeah. I'm coming back and you're saying what has changed. Mm. And, the, and the fact that we, we were driven then, not by procurement offices, but by creative thinking, media and pure creativity. Although one of your slogans when I joined the media business was yes. we never forget whose money it is. So well, you, we always took that very seriously. We did, and it's a lesson that I learned, yeah. Sue, um, from the marketing director of Trusper Ponds, as you've raised it, after giving one of my so-called sexy <laughs> media presentations. He leant across the table and said, and he really thumped it and said, listen, young man, he was about six foot six tall, and he said, listen, young man, let me tell you what you should have done, um, and not only that, but what you should have done with the money, because basically it's not your money, 
it's my money, and this is what you should have said to me. Mm. And it really set me back. I never forget that, Sue. Well, You're and, right and, and, to raise it. And for it. radio listeners only, Alan is not six foot six. No, so. no I am five foot six. Um, and obviously <laughs> I could hardly, I could yeah. hardly <laughs> see over the tabletop. But he said, listen, young man, never forget, it's my money. Yeah. You're right, Sue. Yeah. And none of you, um, whatever's changed, Andrew, in this modern world, should ever forget you have a huge responsibility uh, spending other people's money and you should do it with the same um, discipline in my view that you would for your for yourself absolutely uh, maybe too but I, I know you follow that Sue mm-hmm. it's been it's been uh, part of our lives hasn't it can That's I cause so, so do you think there's space to start another agency here I mean you were very pioneering back in mm. the day and I think the 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 lifeblood of the agency was always to be pioneering and to try things it was where would where would you set up a media agency if you were to set one up now? Well, first of all, the question was, is there room, yeah. right? Um, the reality in life is you will never stop, Sue. I mean, setting up a new business is an entrepreneurial thing. Yeah. You will, uh, Go back to what I said. Human beings have not changed. Mm. Things have changed them, but we're the same. Um, and I'm witness to that. Starting a new business at 64 years old, it's now 12 years. The answer to your question is, you will never stop people starting a business. Is there room? Of course there's always room. But I have to say that, bearing in mind what I said about conglomerates, the key, key thing is the ability to have the financial resource to be as as, uh, creative in setting up a new opportunity. It is certainly... My question actually to you was, do you mean a media agency or a full-service agency? Any agency, actually, what do you think? Well, we know, don't we, at the moment, that the, 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 at the moment people are now beginning to think that we need to bring us all together again. You know, the creative... Uh, you know this as well as I do. Uh, the creative world had the high ground. And slowly but surely, the media world has taken that high ground. And believe me, I couldn't get 10 seconds in a presentation yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 50 years ago. Yeah. I promise yeah. you, we were at the, the arse end of everything. But today... There is, of course, opportunity. You're never going to stop, Sue, Mm. anybody entrepreneurial starting a business. Again, I have to say, at 63, uh, it says retired. I wouldn't know what the word... I can't even spell the word. The reality um, is that you cannot stop. And I think it's important. As I say, I'm nearly 74. Mm. I have to keep ticking. Nick Nick Lawson once said of you, when you supposedly retired, he said he's the non-exec chairman of many places now. He said they will never have had a more executive (laughs) non-exec on their board. (laughs) Bless Nick. And he's right. right. And you know, it isn't, the word is used loosely, Andrew, again, non-exec. But basically, coming back to your question, um, of course, there are opportunities. I mean, clearly, the obvious ones are within the dot-com world and within the digi world per se. Um, But you know, Again, the thing I must have, should have said to you at the beginning, just as much as there aren't strong marketing directors, what you've lost in the industry and what we've all lost is personalities. Now, you had somebody in, without name mention, your listeners will know who it was, Mm. um, who to me still reflects, as I try to do, a real personality, whatever his age. Um, We miss personalities, Sue knows only too well. I, I'm, I dress up <laughs> as a crusader to win the express business. Yes, yes. My, <laughs> no, I've never had a CEO who has dressed up as much <laughs> in um, a new business pitch as you, Alan. You gave me a sword. I know, but you gave me a sword and you gave me shields. And we went in and we won the business because people remembered us. You set up a sweet shop. 
to we did, for, yeah, for, 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 Mars. For, for Mars Pet Foods at the time or whatever, for Mars. Mars, yeah. And you did it for that. Uh, I remember Steve and I on the VW pitch, we wanted to bring down the Ten Commandments. So yes, one of us was going to dress as Moses. Well, it had to be me, but I, in the end it was a more serious you were presentation. But what we were trying to do, we were trying to stand out from the crowd. So again, what I'm coming back to your question, Sue, I mustn't meander. The question is, is that of course there's always room. You'll never stop mm. new people wanting to mm. do it. But what I've observed over the last ten years is very few trying, mm. particularly in the media world, because mm. you have to act as a principal in law yeah. and all the other things yeah, that go with it. It's a so serious the, thing, isn't it? Yeah. The entry is a very expensive yeah. entry, and therefore mm. I don't see that mm. happening. What I hope will happen is that you continue, as you do here, to create from people like Sue great talents, great enthusiastic people as well, yeah. who can um, give you an identity from within the groups mm. that you serve. That's why you win so many pieces of business. I, I bet you, because mm. you've shown... You've gone that... It's not just about your data that you present. It must be that entrepreneurial flair that I know, because, of course, they're with me for a long time, you're still there... Um, and that you have, and you've developed over time. Um, so I guess from that point of view, yes, I can't tell you what. All I know is if I was starting one yeah. today, I would gather the people that I trust most, yeah. and that would be you, mm. and it would be Karen, and it would be Stephen, and I would start again. But what we would have is nothing universally different, but we'd have people who had been successful and were very entrepreneurial. And again, we wouldn't build a vertical structure. Mm -hmm. You know my theme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'd build Flat. a horizontal one yeah. so that everybody worked with each other, mm. not for each other. Yeah. I know you've heard me say that, no, forgive but me. It's, but it's, it's, it's fundamental. Well. It's been and, your and experience. I'm doing my level best to make us as flat as possible against many impulses in mm. a different direction. Inevitably, because of the things people. I said at the yeah, beginning, yeah. you are tied a little bit by the mega group concept you've got people. and the size but if you can have size mm. with that personality yeah. then you can do anything mm. so yes that's what i would do i'd Thanks. nick you and i'd nick steve <laughs> and, and we'd we just we'd come up with something no but we, we it doesn't matter we'd just be the way we are and we'd be people that people wanted to work with yeah because we had energy, enthusiasm, and please God, good health. Mm. But you know, basically, okay, shut up. Over to you. Right. I'm going slightly off script here because you said something really lovely in one of your answers. You said people are not in control of what they'd love to do. How do we get people back in control of what they do in order to have that personality and bravery? Um, well, when I, I'll answer this slightly. Yeah, as you will. And you know, at the New Bucks University, Sue, because you've launched your, one of your first books yeah, yeah, there yeah. and stuff. When I go and talk to young people, um, occasionally, and Vic Davis invites me to go and talk, uh, and there may be, I don't know, 50 or 60 people, mm. the sad thing is, amongst them all, they lack that energy and enthusiasm. They lack direction. Um, and I, I, I try and give them a little bit of all of that. Yeah. But other than gathering in my arms and mm. saying, come and work together with me and I'll show you what I mean and we'll do it, you can't do it. So your question is, you have very talented people. You've, you know, you've got to try and engage with them. You do this, Sue. I know you, you must do, to try and bring the best out of them. What we did create in the past was a working environment where people wanted to work. Mm -hmm. I have never heard anybody say, A, they want to leave here, or B, 
they don't want to work here. They want to work mm -hmm. here. I met in reception, Julie. Yep. And Angie, pure chance. Oh, funny. And they're going across because you haven't got any room right. for 100 people. They're, whatever they're doing, I don't know. Yeah. But when I look at them, again, Jules has been here 15 years. Of course, Angie, nearly 30 years. Yeah. You 20. Doesn't that tell you something? Mm -hmm. um, what we've got here and what the girls and boys have is the heart of an extraordinary team. Mm. And you're able to feed off that. Now, that doesn't exist anywhere else. It's yeah. quite unique. Absolutely. It is totally unique. Mm. So you've got the place, you've got everything, you've got everything going for you. You don't actually need to do anything. Ask me your question again. The question was, you said the lovely thing of um, people are not in control of what they love to do. Are you talking about empowerment? I'm talking, yeah, how do we empower people to take risks, to be brave and therefore to have that personality? Well, to me, personality is inborn. Mm -hmm. Energy and personality and enthusiasm are inborn. You either have it or you don't. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it, in a way, everybody has their fears. Uh, everybody is nervous of losing their jobs or not getting a job or whatever. But young people clearly are, are the key to our industry. It's an amazing industry, then. Yeah. You know, it really mm. is. It's rare. when you, you only have to go next door to Unite, is it? Yeah. You'll see a completely different yeah. world. The change in the, our industry is just... It, it, Amazing. It, it is, Fast. and you're blessed because yeah. it is changing, and it welcomes everybody. Mm. I left school at 16, mm. so I have no particularly academic offering to you. Yeah. But I do have, thank God, good health, but energy and enthusiasm and excitement, and I've always shown it. I've never been any different no. in wonderful. any way. But how do you do it? And showing that, I think, you know, I don't know how many people get to see that outrageous enthusiasm every day absolutely that um that alan but you and you give the girls on valentine's day a rose silly things you do go and help the dustman because you've got a client coming in at eight o'clock and it looks shitty outside excuse me sorry for the language but it looks you know and you do want to do all these things and we did that and you want to engage with everybody and everybody engages with you it is about people yes. Andrew it's not complicated but you've got to have people who are enthusiastic I used to think Nick was the, the most boring guy in the whole wide world I used to tell him sorry Nick if you're listening to this <laughs> but you know at the end of the day you brought something extra to the I, team I, th I and think I valued that the thing about Alan is that if Alan it doesn't matter that we were 800 people in this building Alan would know everybody's name yeah and that I mean I'm not you know, I, I wish I knew everybody's name. But, yeah. I mean, I, not only that, but Alan would have a nickname. I would. was slightly annoying. <laughs> for each of well, Angie's husband is called Munchki. And I don't know why he's, got, he's called Munchki. But, but Karen, hand in hand, because I was always interested to see whether her new boyfriend or whatever. And again, Karen, forgive me, but it's the truth, as you know. Um, and I would say, how's hand in hand? And that was stupid of me. But nevertheless, it was endearing. Um, you have, and you have got that, that leadership here. But... But, but, I, but I think but, you, know, you can't have too much of it. And you know what? I probably would get into trouble from the legal world. Hmm. You can't put an arm easily around people. You cannot <laughs> yeah. be as human as I was able to be. Sure. At least I thought I was <laughs> yeah. able to be. Um, but proof is in the pudding. The same team who joined some of them, yeah. Stephen at 18, yeah. are still We're here. Still here. Yeah. And be, 
So how can and I answer? And, it, and it's not for lack of other offers. Let no. me let me change the question. Please. Let's, let's okay. move on to. Um, you, 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 you've got, you know, you've got, if, if we cut you open, entrepreneurial would be written down your middle. You've taken risks throughout your career. I think it's easy now to look back and go, setting up a media independent. Well, that was the obvious thing to do. There were no media independents. And actually, the industry did not take to them for years and years and years and years. You couldn't even get commission. People don't, people forget that. There mm. was no recognition by the IPA. No. And you talk about some of the risks you've taken through your career to, to get where you are. Well, you know, so uh, I actually have never taken... I'm risk-averse, right. so I've actually never, ever taken any risks. You may think I have, but I haven't. The challenge, before I set up the media business, uh, we had a very successful ad agency, you've mentioned already, Andrew Davison Pierceberry, and Spotties will be bought on the way. Um, one day, Marshall Cavendish, a part work you would know, part work uh, producer, yeah. mm-hmm. who'd just broken away from British Printing Corporation, Norma Marshall, Patrick Cavendish, Eagle Moss, I think he still has. They came through the door yeah. and they challenged us. They challenged me and said, look, as far as we're concerned, we don't know how efficiently you buy. Don't forget, they spent a million pounds in a week. You've got one still, I think, haven't you? The Italian one? Do you have it amongst all your clients? Never mind, it doesn't know. matter. Yeah. But anyway, basically, they spent all their money. A million pounds then was a lot of money a in a week. a lot of money, yeah. They challenged me and they said, look, we think other agencies, full service, will probably buy better than you and we're going to ask one or two to do it. And we said, well, this is not right. You can't just do that to us. How can you prove it? And so on. Remember, this is going back to 1974. Sure. So that's 40 years ago, um, answering Sue's question. Mm. I was challenged um, and what I was challenged to do was in two weeks after they came in to seal, in a seal envelope, my bid for their million pounds. Now, when they opened the envelope, it, they, they came back, they opened another agency's, not with us, of course, at the same time. They rang me and said, Alan, well done, you've offered us 10% more. Um, then it was just pure adults. And it was nothing complicated you've offered us 10 percent more uh, and therefore you can retain the media buying this is quite revolutionary great i said thank you very much fine and then just as they were walking out the door they said to me by the way alan if you fail to deliver what you promised in that envelope we will deduct your agency commission to the tune of 15 percent whatever points you are down yeah We'll deduct. Now, Norman Berry was with me at the time, who was a very famous creative director of Young and Rubicum and was co-founder with me of Davison Pierce. And he said, you can't do that. We're a full-service advertising agency. Well, they said, well, if you don't like it, we'll go somewhere else. I said, no, no, no. Luckily for me, it it snowed that January. January and September are when part works. the ratings were up. The ratings were 10% up. (laughs) Now, Sue, to answer your question, (laughs) that was in the June of... That was, yeah, come June of 74... I reflected on that, and it wasn't a risk. I said to my colleagues, look, I think we should float float our media department because we're very hot, yeah. we're very sexy, we know we're probably one of the better ones, if not the best in London. And I had a team of uh, interesting people with me uh, then, some of whom came off, of course, uh, join me later, and including John Perris, by the way. Um, um, you would know of that. Yeah. Um, anyway, so they thought it was far too radical. So I... Talked to Vivian, yeah. my wife, as you know, we've been together nearly 60 years, and, I, and she said, look, Alan, 
if it fails, you can, you can always go back to being a media director in a full-service yeah. agency. Mm-hmm. If you have a dream, and, and it was a dream, anyway, I gave them six months' notice. And on the 1st of February, actually, in 1975, it wasn't a risk. I figured it was a challenge and a dream. And I was mm-hmm. confident in my own ability that I could always go back. Yeah. But my colleagues thought it was too radical. Mm. Um, by the way, I had no equity, a mistake I never made again, and so I had no money. Vivian and I had no money. So, luckily, on the day we launched, the Financial Times, Sue, were then doing, on a Thursday, um, a whole page in, on the advertising industry. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a campaign then. We had marketing something, but anyway. Um, so they did a whole-page feature with a little picture of this idiot who was giving up a media directorship. Safe job. Um, (laughs) Safe job to go and do this crazy thing. Mm. On day one, I had three genuine responses. One from a small advertising agency who couldn't afford to have a media department and two very well-known creative boutiques who didn't want a media department. And we were up and running. And Vivian was my mm. PA, and 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 we hired a desk at the te- at the International Press Centre in Shoe Lane, where all the reporters were. Mm. And I pretended that that was my boardroom. <laughs> but the, but the FT was brilliant on that yeah. day. So market. come back to your question. Yeah. I don't think I took a risk. Secondly, I'd say about risk is when you risk, you normally risk money. Now I've never borrowed ever a dime in my life. All our businesses, Sue, as you well know, were self-financed. And right from that day, Vivian and I had about £4,000 between us and we could afford the weekly um, cost of the desk and so on. But so coming back to your question of risk, Mm. um, there's a long answer. Mm. I have never taken risk. And indeed, if you move ahead... We, when we were very profitable, we went to the London stock market, yeah. as you know, the full London stock market. That was a, a team. Everything's a team, Andrew. It's yeah. not about me. It's about a team. Really is a team. Vivian and I were the first team, weenie ones, my wife and I, mm. and then it was a team mm. of people. Um, so I've never considered that I've ever taken mm. risk, and certainly financially, I've never, ever borrowed a dime. Mm. Everything, even everything we did, was self-financed mm. until we went to the stock market. We even never borrowed from the stock market. We could have, we could have, but mm-hmm. we didn't, we didn't, we did I didn't even buy any companies in Europe, mm. did we? Yeah. We did a deal with Initiative Media yeah. so we could use their offices free of charge. Mm. Back to you, Sue, sorry. Mm. It's a long answer. And please stop me if you've got a time no, problem. No, no, it's Take wonderful question, to hear you. Erste. So... Which book have you given away most often as a gift? I have never read a book. This no, will not one book. Amaze you. Short question. Uh, since I was seven years old, uh, I'm not proud of that. I, as you can hear from me, I hope my my head has been filled with family yeah. and business, and I find that the book of life. I love that. If you like, it's just the book of life. Yeah. And again, Sue, I can't put this on. You've lived with me for long enough, as it were, in the mm. business world. I'm no different, am I, no. today than I was no, then. No, I love that. Um, but it, I, I give the book of life, if that makes any sense Absolutely. to you. Absolutely. I've never read a book, so there's no answer. Next question. Fantastic. Alan, we're going to give you a, a poster, a billboard for a week. 
Well, I don't, wherever you like, I don't probably on the uh, on the M40 on the the, the the A40 onto the M40 on the on, on your way. So out. I can see it. So you're <laughs> yeah, um, you can do whatever you want with it. What would what would you like it to say? There'd be two simple things on there. There'd be a, 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 if you want. If it has to be a picture, then it can be a picture. But the only words I would want it was words you wanted, um, and and honestly, this is the truth. And I just mentioned it, wrote it down here. Um, in my whole career, Andrew, I've yep. never knowingly done any harm to anyone. Okay. And in a world, yeah, in a world where sadly, dog eats dog yeah. in many areas, um, I have never known. So I would like to know, feel that I have never, whatever success, modest or otherwise, we've enjoyed, um, I've never knowingly done any harm to anyone. And on my gravestone, which by the way I bought, 20 years ago so the children don't have to walk too far from the cemetery if it's raining uh, to see where Vivian and I will be it's just going to have job done so on my poster job done I love that I love that (laughs) but it's Sue it is me it is true and it's going to be Vivian knows and and it's wonderful anyway (laughs) it's wonderful there we are next question (laughs) so the next question is what habits routines and processes have you learned and developed throughout your life to make you the person that you are today this is a this is a question we get asked a lot by our listeners is you know what 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 could they learn from the people we talk to well i think first and foremost to your listeners and this is important i learned it a long time ago and so it may touch something that you have written about in your books and so on is to be honest Mm. firstly honest to oneself Mm. and then i have found it very easy to be honest with everybody else And this is why I go back to what I just said, Andrew, that I've never knowingly done, knowingly done any harm. Yeah. Um, because I think that's wrong. But I've, so that primarily I learnt, and I learnt a lesson way back in 1959. I was just, a, I, I was in a dispatch department at Macy's, yeah. as it used to be called, and I shuffled up and one day there was a job in the media department. Yeah. And otherwise I could have been a creative director. Yeah. Um, but by, by going into that... I was lucky. I suddenly stumbled into the only truly dedicated television buying division in this country sure. at Macias with people like Mike Furman and Sid Kane. Nobody. They passed away many years ago. But it was the forerunner yeah. to um, television buying and negotiating. We had 15 television contracts. Now, uh, come back to your question, Sue. Basically, um, every month we had a meeting with the directors and each of the buying divisions of which I headed one, not initially uh, had to show how well their ratings were for their clients remember we had, we had all Colgate Palmolive Mars Pet Foods, Macy's had blue they, chip, they had chip big blue chip clients Weetabix and so yeah, it went on yeah. anyway I cheated in my first month I cheated um, by pretending that I had better ratings than I really did Unbeknown to me, it was being monitored. And I remember in front of everybody, Mike Furman said, because I thought I'd won the month. I was top dog. And uh, he called out somebody else. And I sort of said, um, and he said, Alan, you will see me later, but I think you you didn't tell the truth. And that was it. And I felt so embarrassed and hurt. And when I went away and I saw Mike Furman afterwards... Um, he said, Alan, learn something from this. Yeah. And uh, and I did. And 
I promised myself that I would never, ever, ever do that again. And the next month, I got us, the Beatles were at Sunday night at the London Palladium, ratings of 75, oh, 80, yeah. 96, I think it was, in Ireland, in Northern Ireland. Wow. I got every one of our commercial, <laughs> every, every one of our clients into, into the, the breaks yeah. either side of their yeah. performance. I was so chuffed. And, um, but to answer your question, that was a lesson which meant that, and I've written it down here to be sure yeah, that I yeah. say it today because, and it's part of me, is to be honest, firstly with myself. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing, and I, I don't have specific skills, Andrew, but mm-hmm. I do use a lot of common sense. And again, it's inbuilt, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like energy, enthusiasm, Absolutely. with any luck, good health. <laughs> but... Um, common sense um, and to have an inbuilt amount of energy and enthusiasm and if you can put all these simple human things together then you have a complete person that can help others. I genuinely love helping, you'll see me on the tube I'll be the only one getting up to let a lady sit down, Mm. I'll be beyond belief really also, getting in before everybody else. Always. 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 Always, always would be there. You were quite annoyed if somebody got in before you, actually. I was upset because it wouldn't, it wouldn't be. And, and then also... Uh, Not annoyed, uh, but again, put, put out. When we so. bought... Um, and we did outrageous things, like we bought the freehold to our building. Yeah, yeah. There were no one else to which was, And we did it, didn't we? Yeah. We could afford, as a team, yeah. we, we did it. Yeah. And, and the stock deal. market said, you can't do that. You're an app. I said, I don't give a damn. We, we own 66% of the stock. We only allow 35% out amongst all our colleagues, which, by the way, I only went to the stock market personally, but the team as a whole as well, because we could give shares mm-hmm. to everybody in the company, Andrew. Sure. They had helped us build a business, Sue, hadn't they? Yeah. Even Johnny, remember Johnny? Um, he was our janitor, a miserable fellow. With, with our, you from the beginning. With me from the beginning. A horrible little a horrible dog <laughs> and stuff. But nevertheless, um, he, he... But to give him one share... And what it did allow us all to do was to say genuinely to our clients, we own. So at every level, yeah. we were partners. Sure. And it was, it was one of the points Steve made, actually, when we did the podcast with him, is he said if there was one thing that he could do differently, it would be to do that again, to give everybody yes. that's working for the success because a share in that. Yeah. Stephen joined me. It's the most important 10 minutes of his life, and probably not so much mine, but I think his. Um, <laughs> <laughs> on the day he was supposed to join me, he was 18, and Mike Gershon... Yeah, he had another job. <laughs> ...didn't have, didn't have a, a, a job for him anymore. He was just a, you know, serving teas or coffees or whatever. And Stephen agreed to come. He'd introduce me. Mike had introduced me. Um, yeah. And... Uh, but the morning he was... the yeah. mor- No, but the morning he was to join, yeah. I must have told you this, phone goes, and Stephen... Alan, he said, I have got another opportunity at a full-service advertising agency... I don't really know how this media world of yours... Remember, it was the media business yep. he was joining. It was 1981. And uh, I'm not sure that... And I had to take ten minutes to persuade him over <laughs> the phone that this would not be a bad decision. Um, Stephen, if you're listening to this, I think it was a bloody good decision. It was a good, was a good call. Right? And it was a good call for me and for you. <laughs> but most of all, going to the stock market um, gave me a great deal of pleasure to give to everybody. And remember, may I say this again, Andrew, good businesses need management teams, not only that are 
consistent uh, as you have here and have done over many years, but are givers and not just takers. Mm -hmm. So many management teams, particularly those vertically structured, just take and they don't give. I gave up a lot of my equity for next to nothing to allow everyone else Mm -hmm. to have. Vivian and I, my wife and I, have never been greedy. I could have made a great deal more, but I didn't. I was happy, we were happy, and I guess really the truth is I'm probably just a a small shopkeeper at heart. But having said that, um, the crew, the team, remember what I said, everything was about a team. It's not about me, it's about not just you, so you know everybody. (laughs) And they've grown as well. They've grown and blossomed and to this very day I would sit with them now as though nothing had changed and we would carry on Mm. and I'd be very proud of it Um, suffice to say I had my public company's AGM this week Mm. so I had to be rather more formal but I'm quite good at that so, but I even managed to do jokes in the AGM. So, back right. to you. Hmm. Oh, this is one of our regular popular questions, and it's slightly strange. But if we if we had to summon you, if you were a genie, and we just wanted to conjure you out of thin air, oh, yes. we would draw a circle. We'd like to know what five commonly available objects we should put in that circle in order to summon you, please. Yeah, I. It's very strange because. May I just refer of to a little something that I wrote down? I don't know why I wrote it down, because it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> um, but, you know, in a way, the most important thing you could give me, and it actually relates to another question you may or may not ask, is 110 albums of our family growing up since Vivian and I were children yes these are hard old-fashioned photos sure and not just for us but for the memories that it will give our children and we have nine grandchildren who constantly nick them to (laughs) show their school friends who have a good laugh that would be one of the things I think if I was in that that's the old world yeah second thing um you'd have to give me I'm afraid um, is one of my beautiful cars. Okay, which one? It would be the Ferrari, I think. Um, the red, red. It's red, yeah. and it's left-hand drive yes. because it, it's very important. Vivian's not happy because she's sitting when the traffic's oncoming, <laughs> but it has to be a tenant. Okay. The third thing probably um, uh, is my smartphone. Okay. Um, I'm bringing you into the modern world, yeah. and mm-hmm. the reason for that would be, if God forbid there were any problems for our grandchildren, they would be instantly able and I would be instantly... So a a safety factor, God forbid, more than anything else. And finally, if it isn't two things, um, please, I'd like my Spurs and (laughs) Wembley and Lords season tickets, which are ongoing. I have very fabulous seats everywhere. That's that's three items, Andrew. Are you allow It is three, but we'll allow it. Cause well, one them, only because one of them is the Spurs. Yes. Well, <laughs> yeah. so you, well, you don't have to, but um, uh, these three, very important, you'd have to have them there because, you know, life would not be the same. I have to say, I don't want the money there. I, I don't, we don't need that. No. I don't want jewellery. I don't want anything. 
I think I'd love my wife to be there. If you cut out one of those, the family photo, these are not available objects. She's not really an available object, yeah. is she? Yeah, no, no. I think I think, she, probably... I think we'd know to, that she should call you. Sure, she's there already. She's probably she's there. With, oh, she's, she's with, with you. Right, she's with you. So that's she's very important. You. So I think one of my cars, the smartphone, definitely, first of all, my family photo, yeah. 110 no, that's, albums, that's a good list. and yeah. um, where well, you can pick and choose, either Wembley, Right on the halfway line, as you'd love it. I'll be in the cup final, of course. Although my grandchildren tend to take everything now. And Lords, of course, front row seats at Lords and Spurs. I've always had to be in the front row, by the way, because I'm only five foot six. <laughs> yeah, no, um, that's only fair. Isn't it? But I must say, and I shouldn't say this, but I honestly believe Martin is a quarter of an inch shorter than me. <laughs> yeah. So controversial. Controversial. Andrew. <laughs> Very controversial. Back to you, Andrew. Yes. We've sort of begin um, began to cover it, but what three objects would you say from a house fire? Your, your family is safe. Yeah. Family so you don't have safe. to worry about family. What three objects would you say from your house? Well, again, fire? I'm afraid I've said it would relate. The only thing in the house there's that's, only one thing the yeah. is the albums, the albums yeah. and, and if you can understand that's gone from nine, forgive Oops. me I won't answer it don't it's worry okay. but that's gone from 1958 um, so it's 60 odd proper archiving of photos yeah and, yeah. and it's all all written down who does by that? Vivian, Vivian, Vivian does Vivian, no, Vivian yeah. is yeah. very good and she writes on everything yeah. very diligently yeah, very good and um with our 50th wedding anniversary, please God, coming up on the 5th of June. Oh, congratulations. Um, thank you very much. Well, not, we've had to well, deal with need... Vivian's 70th birthday first. <laughs> we took the complete angler, by the oh, way. Oh, fantastic. Um, because it was a, and we, it was a beauty, oh, two weeks lucky. ago. It was a beautiful day, Sue. So, and you know where we are in Marlow there. And it was just stunning. And we had the, all the lawns to ourselves. That's there was no true. other function. Took the pri- It was just perfect. And all she wanted was the family, nobody else. Lovely. A bit more... We're taking the Ritz for our... But anyway, it's only a small gathering. <laughs> Otherwise, I... Well, small I ha- select gathering. No, but I've invited was, you in the past to Annabelle's. I was at Claridge's You were at Claridge's well, for my yes, 60th, yes, and we, 60th, that was a proper yes. do. And then yeah. the 70th, you did... I, I wanted yes, you to come yes. to Annabelle's yes, and, and that just... that was lovely. Yeah. I know it's... That was very special. You've got to understand, Andrew, I, I want them to be... Of because course. they're such a big part of my life. And I'm very gracious, honestly, and thank you that you even gave me a thought. I love coming here. It's well, as though I belong still. Welcome. So I've only got... I know you want that's three. Right, but we've already no, covered a few. Fine. And we've got a surprise question for you. So okay. These are 100 questions which we, they got, we got from the School of Life. So they're, it's called the Toolkit for Careers. So I'd love you to select one of these, read it out, and then answer it if you would. Okay. Upside down. If you could imagine the ideal professional mentor, what would they do for you? I can only think of... It's got to be professional. I would say Vivian has been my mentor in many ways, but that doesn't answer your question. Well, I don't know. I interpret think that's it as you like. Actually, yeah. but and what has she done for you in that in that sense? Then? I think she's kept me grounded. I think mm. we. I have never, if you can understand very quickly, because I'm sure you're running out of time. No, no. Um, we're poles apart. We are completely different. She has no interest in sport or music, or business for that matter. But be, I'm at the extreme end. And opposites do attract, um, and therefore what she manages to do for me is to keep me grounded as a family man. She's brought up the children, and I know and respect you've battled brilliantly with this, Sue. I know, and you should be so So, proud. Tell tell our audience how old you were when you met, when you started going out. (coughs) Vivian was 12, (laughs) sorry, and I was uh, 15, (coughs) and... If you're so interested, childhood sweethearts. Lou was real sweethearts, and 
And therefore, when you talk about a professional mentor, to me again, it's about a human being, Andrew. Sure. I can't, I can't put tags on people. Yeah. If you haven't got that message yet, um, that's what it really is. And so Vivian, to me, is an, is the one human being. Um, she's very shy, very intrusive. I mean, I had to make her come to functions, but I was so proud to have her on my arm, and um, uh, and I wanted to show you a picture of Vivian. Bef am I allowed? You can't see that. Can't see no, 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 we can't. We can't. Before you well, go, and you'll see well, what I mean. Uh, yeah, maybe we'll 70th. save it for. Yeah, we can yeah, absolutely yeah, have yeah, that on. Um, yeah. But. Uh, so I, that's my answer, your professional mentor. That's fantastic. Okay. Someone to keep you grounded. Having said that, I would love to help younger people. And as you know, I'm a great supporter of NABs, yes. if I may. I, I contribute not just financially, but I like... Time. And of course, yeah. Karen is there yeah. now. I'm thrilled. Um, I'm always invited to everything they do, and when I can, I do. But I've been a great supporter, and I must remind everybody that listens that whereas every other charity, probably in the world more or less, can have everybody give it to them, the NABS charity is only about us. Mm -hmm. And if we don't give mm. within the industry, and I'm just saying to everyone, I'm saying thank you to an industry that's made me very happy. And yes, very wealthy, um, but also I hope many others have had a wealth in terms of money, enjoyment. It's a great profession and all young people should be uh, very proud to be in it. Okay. That's been fantastic. Um, Alan Rich, it's been a pleasure having you in the studio. Thank you very much, um, and I hope to see you again soon. My pleasure, and thank you, Sue, and thank you, Andrew. Thanks, Signing Sue. off now. Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs>